Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome to the Peristyle Podcast. On a Monday, we are back. Yes, we took a couple weeks off. I was on vacation and up in Portland for the opening covering USC recruiting. So a couple weeks without the podcast. really apologize for that. But we are back. we full board going uh, forward into the season and recruiting season and all of that. So I wanted to come back on. We're going to have try to do as many as we can this week. We'll have Harvey Hyde. We'll have Dan Weber. We'll have Gerard Martinez. So we'll have a whole bunch of recruiting podcasts. Uh, podcast about USC recruiting, all of that. And we have C- Coach Harvey Hyde on today. So we're going to get to your questions you've sent in over the past couple of weeks for the coach because we are inching closer to fall camp three, three weeks away or so. So it should be a lot of fun. Uh, if you have any questions for us, send us an email podcast at uscfootball.com. It's an easy way to get a hold of us. If you want to leave a voicemail, we're going to play a voicemail for you today. Call 641. 641- 715-3900, extension 816646, or go to our website, com. Click on the left side of the page, and you can leave a voicemail right from your computer or mobile device. Of course, you can go to iTunes and subscribe to the Peristyle Podcast, itunes.com slash Podcast. All right, let's bring in the coach. Coach, hope you had a fun couple of weeks off from the podcast. We are back now. We want to talk some USC football. We are getting so close. Football season is almost here, Coach. We've got media days coming up, a lot of stuff going on. Really excited that football is almost here. Ryan, I'm ready for it. I've been in the weight room the last two weeks when you've been on vacation, sort of buffing up a little bit, uh, doing a little double days, a little uh, sprinting, fart licking, uh, running. I don't know if you know what that is, but that's when you run different di- distances. You go at 20 yards, then you walk back, then you go at 30 yards, and you walk back. For all of you guys that want to know what I was talking about there for a minute, I didn't want you to misunderstand me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this is a great time of the year, Ryan. I've got a lot of enthusiasm, as, as everybody else does. You do. You've been traveling, but yet watching a lot of football. I've been reading the preseason publications, and I'm going to continue reading them as I prepare for this coming season. A lot of interesting things going on, and a lot of people think this time of year is a down period as far as for football programs, but it's not, Ryan. It's a period of time where you have uh, eligibility, you have rehab, uh, you've got strength and conditioning, you've got your on-field training, you've got your new players that are coming on campus and being a part of a, a team and a program and uniting with the older players. There's so much that goes on during this period of time that there's a lot of work going on, and people really don't know what's going on preparing for the fall camp, so you don't have to deal with that, and you're not hit with any surprises like someone's two units short or someone didn't get their knee done properly or all these different things when you're depending on every single player on your roster. You are, Coach, and uh, this is the time everyone's getting ready because it just you don't walk out to fall camp and put the pads on and start practicing. A lot of prep goes in. The USC coaches are actually, most of them on vacation right now. Uh, it's kind of like the, the end of the seven on seven circuit as far as recruiting goes. When you, you go out and watch those players take it on seven on seven. The opening I was just at this past week and we'll, we'll talk about that 
with Gerard Martinez a little bit later on uh, in this week about recruiting and what's gone on up there. 166 of the best players in the country up there at, at one event at the opening. It's a great event we go every year. Um, but it's that you got to prepare, Coach, and the, the summer workouts are going on. We're going to talk about that with Dan Weber, what's been going on in USC summer workouts. And then, of course, you know, it's the players. They can't work with the coaches. They're getting ready on their own. They're throwing the football around. And it all comes together. Uh, it'll start probably August 4th for USC, that month of fall camp before the season starts. But a lot of prep, like you said, going into it, Coach. It's really a, it's an exciting time. No downtime, certainly not for us. And uh, for the fans, just to let them know, here's what's going on behind the scenes. They're doing everything they can to get ready for the season. Well, Ryan, before we get too far into today's podcast, let's uh, mention our sponsor, okay? Yeah, I wanted to thank Southern California Tickets. So give them a call at SC Tickets, or go to the website, sctickets.com, or give them a call at 1-800-888-7287. So sctickets.com, they've been uh, a great sponsor for us for for many years, and um, we haven't had to, got to talk about it in the last couple of weeks we haven't had the podcast, so I wanted to let you guys know to check them out and go to sctickets.com if you need tickets for anything. Of course, the season. Uh, I don't know. I think they got Rams season tickets too, coach. If anyone in LA wants to go to the Rams, that's, uh, that was a hot ticket, man. Those things were selling quick. They got everything, uh, Ryan. We got the tickets to Carol King. And now on August the 2nd, we're going to, uh, Barbara Streisand. So if they can get those tickets, they can get you anything. Nice. All right. So go, go to sctickets.com and check them out. And, uh, thanks for them for being a sponsor for many, many years. And, uh, coach, all right, well, let's jump in. I wanted to talk about football. You know, that's why we're here. We want to talk about football. What's been going on with this USC team? What, well, everyone has questions heading into the season. You know, Clay Helton, uh, you know, it's going to be his first full season. Really tough schedule. There's a lot of stuff going on. It's just, there's always seems to be something really interesting going on with USC football. And this year is certainly no different. So I'm going to jump in. We'll play a voicemail question for you to start things off. Here we go. Hey, Ryan, this is a question for Coach Hyde. It's about uh, our offensive line. And I have been a bit surprised to see that uh, the Trojan line is touted as the number one incoming line in the conference. Zach Banner has been uh, listed as a first-team All-American on some of the preseason All-American lists. And yet I think back on last year, where Cody Kessler seemed to be pr- under pressure and on uh, on his heels a good bit of the season, and I just I know that our O line is going to be a key to our success in 2016. So I'm wondering, with the same players, do you think they will be uh, better in 2016, and why? Thanks, John in Portland. Well, thank you, John, for checking in with us. You know, I think a lot of this is the uh, off-season hype and also uh, this recruiting class of linemen who are now coming back for their second or third year were all four- and five-star players when they came in, and uh, everyone expected them to do so well. I uh, agree with you. I don't think they've achieved to the level that they should achieve to, and also have read the same publications you have, uh, as far as them being listed as the top offensive line uh, going in, into the 2017 season. We'll certainly find that out in a hurry against uh, Alabama, who has one of the top defensive lines in the country. Uh, I, I agree with you on uh, Banner. Uh, I was somewhat uh, not not critical, but very 
Uh, I watched him an awful lot last year. I always felt he should be playing on the left side. You've heard me say that a lot, but he played on the right side. He played on the left side for a while when Wheeler got hurt. I think he's more natural on the left side. Uh, to be listed as an All-American, uh, I really don't know what he has done so far to deserve that type of rating. He's definitely uh, not a Munoz or a Buddy or a Yeri or any of that type of player right now at this time. He's a big guy. And I think a lot of his uh, uh, promotion is because of his size and how big he really is. And you can't help but notice him. But I think he's really got to start to move around a little bit and get a little tougher and uh, be aggressive. And uh, he has the potential to be a great player. But I think he still needs to do a lot to become what everyone thinks he is. And I know I'm not trying to hurt him as an individual or as anybody who uh, cares about him. But he has the potential. He came in as a five-star. He came in as a player to dominate the offensive line. I haven't seen that yet. He's big in pass blocking because it's hard to see around him. But he's got to work on his feet. He's got to become a little bit more mobile. And I think that's something they need to work on. And it's very hard to do that when you're very big. As far as the overall offensive line, I think they've got to decide now. They keep moving people around at center and guards and what the unit is. I think they have to decide pretty soon now who's playing where and let them become a unit of five players. You can't always move players all around all the time. You go from a left-handed stance to a right-handed stance. You're playing center. You're playing guard. You want to become very comfortable at the position you play, and you gain confidence with your communication between each other. You know who's on your left. You know who's on the right. You know if you look at somebody, he can read your eyes on what you're talking about. And, of course, you're not in a huddle, so it's very difficult to talk in the huddle about any type of blocking scheme. So if you had a mistake on the play before, to try to correct it. So, yes, I have seen the same publications. Uh, I, uh, uh, I think most of it is hype, preseason hype, and they, uh, who these players are and when they came to USC. They were rated so high as far as an overall class. They've got a couple other pretty good players who have been added to it. So, yes, I, I need to see this demonstrated on the field. I need to see this demonstrated on the field and I think also with the addition of Callaway, the offensive line coach, this has also raised the hope and the hype of the offensive line where, where he has coached in the Southeastern Conference. He's a tougher guy. The kids are talking about it's never been like this before. We're working harder than we ever worked before. And I think it's a combination of all of these type of things that we hear and readers write about or writers write about that gives the impression that they are going to be this type of line. I certainly hope they are. Don't get me wrong, but I think they need to to show it on the field. No, I agree with you, Coach. And it's uh, it's interesting because it's a very talented line. And I think it was a, a line that underachieved last year. It's funny. I got to see um, Bob Connolly again. Uh, he was coaching. So USC's offensive line coach from last year, he was coaching up at the opening. And uh, you could see him. It's funny. He has a very distinct style. Uh, is very detail oriented, and it's. Uh, I don't know. I mean, he's he's been a lot of different places, but it's. You hear him talking about the offensive line coach and at, at one of these camps, and it's so specific about you know, move this foot this way. You know, you got put shift your weight this. It was, it was. I don't know. It's just kind of strange. It seems like for a, a a camp like this, the the kind of detail that he was going into. I'm not sure if it was 
how effective that was going to be. Uh, I'm not an offensive line coach expert, and you know, I'll defer to you on that one. But it's just you could tell, like, I can see that's not resonating with some of the players that way. And uh, and I think that was some of the issue that was happening last year um, with him, you know, being at USC. So Neil Callaway, I think there's people that are excited about, it, like you mentioned, and the talent is back. Uh, there's, you know, it's a very talented line. They brought in a great recruiting class as well. That probably don't, you know, most of those guys can redshirt, but the potential for players is there. So yeah, I, I get the hype, but it's more about it's projecting than really what we've seen results on the field. You haven't seen the results that would warrant the kind of hype that you're seeing around this offensive line now, but I could completely see this line playing well together. Uh, they're in better shape. Uh, coming together under Neil Calloway and kind of performing the way you thought they would last year. But that is a, it, it's dangerous because it is a projection. It's not something that you know is going to happen. I could see it happening. Um, but it's, we don't know. We don't know at this point. So I, I think it's a good point. And I was just up in Portland to our caller. So shout out to, uh, to the Pacific Northwest. I'll tell you, Ryan, excuse me for jumping in here before you go to the next question. But when you're given all this preseason hype, you start to think you're pretty good. Uh, you've got to prove that in hard work and how tough you are and how angry you are and as far as owning the line of scrimmage. And if you go against a team like Alabama and you don't have great success, there's a letdown. Maybe we aren't that good or we're supposed to be that good or what's going wrong, uh, all this and that. So it's very, very important. This first game of the year is going to be a very physical type of football game. And I think the entire season depends on what type of performance not only the offensive line but the entire team has against a team like Alabama. Yeah, and that's uh, that's the, what's looming over the horizon, Coach. So that's why a lot of these questions are coming in because, hey, how good is this offensive line going to be because you're going to be playing Alabama? And there, there's no better test. I mean, that's going to be a great test. And, and even, Coach, if this offensive line struggles in the opener against Alabama, I'm not going to be – I don't think USC fans should uh, pack it in and say it's not going to be a good offensive line. I, I really think – that this can come together and be a, I, I think it's, if I had to bet, it will be a really good offensive line this year. Even if they struggle early against Alabama, I think they can get things rolling again. Um, it's going to be important. I mean, if this offensive line can't do that, you got a new starting quarterback, you're going to be relying on the running game. Um, you know, obviously new head coach, new offensive coordinator. This team needs the offensive line to perform at a high level. And if, if, if the offensive line doesn't, I just can't see this team having a whole lot of success. Well, it's got to, it's got to have a, uh, a great season. It does. Uh, people are tired of saying, uh, well, the sanctions and excuses and stuff, right? It's time if SC's going to play USC type of football. And that's what they've been talking about doing, running the football, being physical and so on. Then you've got to act physical and practice physical to be physical. And there's no better team you'd want to do is go against Alabama just to see how tough you are. And they've got great linebackers. They've got a great defensive line coach. They've got great tradition. They're national champions. You got to get up and play. If you're going to play in the, in the heavyweight division, you got to take your gloves with you and tape your ankles like they do and take it on the field, not talk about it in a debate. So this is what it's all about. And uh, this is college football. Remember, they're going to come back and take on Utah State. And the third game's not going to be a picnic either up at Stanford. So. Uh, you know, people want to get it going again, and and uh, you've got to be able to demonstrate it uh, by uh, playing on the field, becoming dominant, finishing your block, 
getting the extra yard, not dropping passes, no penalties, no delay of games. You've got to be able to play a complete football game against great teams because you can't beat yourself. Yeah. All right. Well, let's coach. Let's move on. We had a question from Tarek. He wants to know how long should Clay Helton go into fall camp uh, before uh, naming a starting quarterback? Well, you know, you've heard me discuss this before. I think he should have already named a starting quarterback. And of course, yes, I am second guessing. I mean, if I was to say I'm not second guessing, you know, uh, I would be saying, what are you doing, coach? You, you are. I think it's important to know that I feel that and I think a lot of people feel that Max Brown deserved the opportunity to be the starter until he can prove that somebody's better than him and beats him out, and Max Brown himself will hand him the football. Uh, he's been there two and a half years. Uh, he's a great quarterback. He was the number one quarterback in the nation his year when he came out of high school. He's been in the system. The system hasn't really changed at all, and uh, he should be the leader. And I think uh, that he should be the guy that needs to get beaten out. So uh, if I'm uh, naming it, I would have named him already, and I would have said, okay, go after him, Sam, and prove to Max and prove to the team that you're better and you deserve to start. But that hadn't been the, the way they've gone about it. You've got to be able to make decisions. Decisions are, decisions are not easy when it comes to personnel and playing the right players. But these decisions make the difference in a football program and who's your leader and who you want to step off the bus in Arlington and be the leader of your team and be the leader of your team in camp and during the summer workouts. So um, I would name him as soon as I can. Of course, you know, there'll be disappointment in, in Sam Darnold if, if that happens. But you and, and but look at the disappointment will be in Max Brown if, he, if it doesn't happen and he had to beat out somebody again when it's his turn. So uh, that's my feeling. We'll see what happens and hope the best thing works out. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, we've heard from Clay Helton. It sounds like within a couple weeks of fall camp, uh, a starter is going to be named. Um, so it'll be, it'll be interesting to kind of see, but I don't know, coach. I mean, at this point, it's, it's hard. I think it's going to be tough for a guy like Sam Darnold to step in there. But if they do, if they name Sam Darnold the starter, I mean, they're going to be all in behind them. It's going to be really hard on Max Brown for sure, but it's really, you know, it's, it's a roll. It would be a roll of the dice and Clay Helton would be putting a lot of stock into a redshirt freshman quarterback. Now, maybe as a coach that buys you some time when you say, Hey, we're starting a freshman quarterback. Um, and it's, you know, you, you need to, to temper your expectations a little bit. I'm not really sure what kind of goes into that, but I, I think if Max Brown goes in there, the expectations are going to be higher. I mean, he's the norm, former number one quarterback in the country, five star guy. It's been around the program a long time. Hasn't got as much playing time as we would have liked to see. Uh, but certainly, you know, they, they feel like a guy like Max Brown could come in and some people think play even better than what Cody Kessler did. Well, I think he deserves the opportunity. And, and to me, it sort of bothers me after being around a quarterback for two and a half years. You don't know how good he is or what type of leader he is or whatever it is. You got to be able to get that feeling. No, and you've got to be able to step up and. Like I said earlier with the offensive line, I think you've got to find a unit and find who your players are, let them find out who their selves are, get used to the receivers, get used to a guy being your leader, your offensive line, find out who your tight end is, find out who your receivers are, your running backs are, and practice those guys. And the rest of the guys got to wait, wait for their turn. Because these guys continue to get better when they get more turns and they get to know each other and they gain the confidence of being part of a unit.
And I think that's not only on the offensive side, but it's on the defensive side. It's all part of a team. And players know when their turn comes, they better step up and take advantage of it. But I think now, after you've been around for a long period of time, you know who the players are. And you know you've got to coach them. You spend a lot of time looking at tape. You spend a lot of time evaluating them. You, you know what in the offense what you need at certain sides of the line of scrimmage. So you got to do that. And you got to be prepared. You've got to be able to make decisions. you only got so many seconds to call a play. And you got so many uh, days of practice and off-season to decide what's going to happen during your season. Remember, your off-season, you get better than during the season because you have more days to prepare for it. During the season, you're game planning. You're getting ready for a season of games. During the off-season is where you make all your decisions. Coach, we want to keep on the quarterback theme, and uh, we had some more questions about that. Paul in Vegas wrote in, and he said, I remember watching Max uh, Brown in high school at an all-star game and thinking this guy has to speed up his delivery. I realize timing is a matter of mental decision and physical release. In your opinion, Coach, has Max developed a quick enough release to be successful this season? Well, you know, uh, I've noticed that, too. His release is uh, not a wind-up action, but it's an action that's not as quick as what you would normally want, but yet it's very accurate. And I think that I was told the same thing with Randall Cunningham when I coached him. In fact, he didn't go in the first round, but they said he had a long arm and his release was slow. And I said, well, when you're 6'5", your release isn't going to be the same. Your arms are longer than a guy that's 6'1". So it's a little bit different of an approach, but these are things you coach, and these are things that he's had success with. And I also felt this. You don't recruit a guy that's done things very well and then all of a sudden decide to change it. If you recruited him and he did things well, why would you change him or why would you recruit him unless he did things well? So if that's the way he does it, you let him do it and you let him perform at a level where he's not thinking about taking a step or my release is too slow, hey, let him get it done. Motivate him, let him get it done, and you'll find in the long run you're far better off. All right. Uh, we had another question from Tarek. He wants to know, what's the Im- most important attribute in a great quarterback? Well, uh, you know, you look at different things. First of all, you have to have leadership. Uh, I think that's part of it, too. People have to respect you. And then also you have to be a great player. You have to be a great player, too. And again, it's very difficult to respect you. And they got to know that you're the guy. and They depend on you. And if you need to make the play, you'll make the play for them, and you'll make the right, correct audibles and reads. And, you know, you're sort of the captain of the ship, man. Uh, you know, uh, and I think that's number one. But then also, I think you have to be a smart football player. you got to have uh, – got to understand the game. you got to understand uh, what down distance it is. And if you don't get the signal, you're capable of going on and running a play without taking a delay of game. you got to know what – period of the game it is as far as the clock and when if you tell a guy run out of bounds if you don't make the first down or all these type of things you've got to run the entire football team offensively and defensively but on the offensive side actually it's the quarterback that makes it all happen and then of course you've got to have the skills uh, to uh, play mistake free football as far as passing the ball you've got to have the tools to be able to throw a football you've got to be able to read defenses, you've got to be able to audibleize, you've got to be able to, you know, continue the fakes and be a complete football player. You can't be just, you know, doing the things halfway. You've got to do them 
100%. You've got to gain the respect of an athlete, of an, uh, what a quarterback is today. And today, a quarterback is not only a, a, a drop-back passer, but he's got to be a little bit of an athlete. Got to be able to move around a little bit when necessary. He's got to be able to run necessarily. He's got to be a little bit tougher. I mean, sometimes athletes uh, were not as tough. The quarterback, I'll tell you, a guy to change that around was Andrew Luck. I mean, he used to, he used to, he could have played linebacker. He's so tough. And then I think quarterbacks have got to have a little toughness to them, too, to to let people know that they're not fragile, they're not afraid to get hit. But again, if he does get hit, he's got to let the offensive line know or whoever missed the block, hey, buddy. You got to step it up a little bit, or I'll let you stand back there and see what it feels like. So uh, I think that's all part of what it means. It's not one thing; it's a combination of everything. Coach, what um, one of the things I think that doesn't get talked about a lot, and uh, when I'm up there watching like seven on seven and different football games, and you hear the parents kind of screaming behind you because their kid, their kid is open, or that guy's open. Um, it's hard. I mean. The, it's a big field, and I think vision is one of those things that for a quarterback. You can call it whatever you want, but just field awareness or the vision, the, the ability to know or sense or see when guys are not open, not just open, but are working their way open or going to be open soon. I mean, I don't know if that's just kind of an it factor, but how important do you think that is to like a successful quarterback? I think it's very important. To, again, um, parents get really involved and. And, uh, their son never really touches the ball like enough. And, uh, uh and, uh, the poor kid really, it's not fun for a kid. I don't think, I think they've got pressure on him now all the time. And the announcements that go on at these camps and, and, you know, all the television now everywhere they go, they're stars before they even get to college, before they even play their senior year, they're stars. And I'm not sure that's all good. I'm not sure it's all good. They have all these camps and do all these things. I'm not sure how these kids get around. How do they get to all these different locations? Does the NCAA allow somebody to fly them into all these camps? Do they have to pay to join these camps? I mean, I don't understand how all that all works. And uh, not that I care, but I'm just interested to see just how everybody gets all over the country. And, Ryan, you could probably answer that question more than I can. But, yeah, it's important to hit the right receiver and not throw into a crowd. You do that too often. You get too many picks. But it's not as easy as what people think as far as making the right reads because there's so many different types of combinations of coverages that you have. And when you see a guy wide open, there's normally a breakdown in the coverage because the coverages aren't designed to have anybody wide open. Everybody's supposed to be covered. So uh, it's difficult, and it's important that you can do that. And if you can't do that and pick out the right receiver, then uh, your future is not going to be too bright. Coach, we had Paul right in too, kind of sticking to the quarterback theme. And we, we've talked about this before. Um, he said we'd mentioned a couple of times on the podcast, uh, that if Sam Darnold was named the starter, like Max Brown would be able to transfer out. Um, he could hightail it out of there. Uh, and Paul would have just wanted some kind of clarification on that. And I, I know we brought this up a bunch of times, but Max Brown, uh, graduated. I believe he graduated in May. I think that was, was, you know, he finished up. So, and, you know, he is now a, a, high, a college graduate. He has two years of eligibility remaining. He'll be a redshirt junior this year. Because of the NCAA grad transfer rule, he would be allowed to transfer out of USC and play somewhere else right away and take graduate classes at the new school. So 
that's something he would be allowed to do. Um, if for some reason, uh, you know, Clay Helton comes out and says Sam Darnold's the starter, one of the options for Max Brown, who said all along, coach, he would never transfer, even though he wasn't, uh, you know, even though Cody Kessler was sticking around for a senior year, he didn't think about transferring at all. Um, now I think it would be a different story if a redshirt freshman comes in and he would lose his last two years of eligibility being a backup quarterback again. Uh, I think it would be very likely that he ends up transferring out of the program. And the reality is he can transfer out because he's graduated and just play right away. So he could go, you know, go through someone else's or half of someone else's fall camp and end up being their, their starting quarterback. So, so Paul, yeah, that's kind of what we were alluding to. And coach, I want maybe get your thoughts on, on all of that, but that is certainly an option. And one of the, I guess you could say political reasons you would want to have Max Brown be the starter, because if you don't name him the starter, he can walk and play right away. Yeah, so you got to realize that. You got to understand what that's all about. And I really possibly, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. Would you blame the kid? Let me ask you, Ryan. Would you blame the kid? Not one for not a second. No, certainly. All right. If I were him, I would transfer out. He could go. The funny thing, I mentioned this before. Alabama's not really sure who their starting quarterback is, right? He could transfer to Alabama, play for Lane Kiffin again, and start against USC in the first game. Like, that's how crazy it could be. It could be crazy. He could go to Oregon. Oregon's not quite sure who their quarterback's going to be. They got back a great running back, great receivers, maybe the top group of receivers in the country with great speed. And he would go in there with the same type of situation that James went in. If you remember, James went in last year about missing about 10 or 12 days of practice because he had to graduate from Eastern Washington. Probably be just uh, late checking in there. So, you know, I think it's, it's something that's very important to the USC Trojan football program on how this is entirely handled and uh, I think that uh, it's deserving this is what I'm trying to say I'm trying to say that I feel he's deserving to start if it's equal he's deserving to start if it's equal now it's deserving to name him and uh, it's his job to lose now this is me this is the way I feel because of the leadership of the program and what we need to do and I don't think Sam Darnold would get upset even if he is feels better that he feels he's better than, than Max Brown. That's a great feeling to have as a player, the confidence uh, as a guy to be the guy. But how long is Mac going to stay? He might stay one year if he has a great year. So what's wrong with starting three years? So I think it's just the way it's got to be, and I wouldn't want that over my head as a football program, not just as a football coach, but that question mark that what's going to happen if he isn't named, I wouldn't want that going into camp and getting ready for football season. I wouldn't want that. No, I agree with you, coach. And it's, uh, you see him at the summer workouts. He's certainly been the leader out there and running the show. Um, the fact that, you know, if they don't name a starter until two weeks into fall camp or whatever, it puts him in a, I mean, it's certainly harder for him to transfer. Um, because of, you know, you're already going through fall camp with one program and you'd have to kind of, start late in the other program. But I think he would look at that as a, a temporary issue to deal with where really over the next two years, if he wants to play, he would have to leave. And uh, I just, I just kind of think that would happen. I hope, you know, the reason that they're not naming a starter yet wouldn't be to kind of delay Max's decision um, if that's the case. But the longer it goes on coach, the more and more, I think it just would be very difficult to not name Max Brown, the starter at this point. 
Well, I agree 100%. That's why I say, why don't they do it? Yeah. All right, Coach. Well, we got to talk some offensive line and quarterback. Of course, big, important topics heading into this USC football season. Um, we'll, we'll know more next week about all the, some of the media dates and everything that's been going on. And, uh, several workouts will continue on and we'll get, yes, we keep getting ready for fall camp. So, um, thanks for, you know, hanging in with us, even though we had a couple weeks off the podcast. And thanks again for coming on the show, coach. It's always fun. Ryan, thank you very much. And for all of you out there, thank you very much for being a part of our show. We really appreciate it. Ryan, I want to wish you a great summer, whatever's left of it, a cool summer. And for all of you out there, buckle up and be careful. Okay. And thank you for listening. Yeah. Thanks, coach. Great summer to you as well. Uh, enjoyed my vacation. Enjoyed the time up at the opening. It's been a little crazy, but we're back ready to produce a bunch of podcasts. I hope you guys enjoy it. And, uh, sorry again for the couple weeks off, but we're back full bore, ready to go here on the Peristyle podcast. Thanks for tuning in and we will talk to you next time. Tickets, tickets, tickets. SC tickets is your concert, sports and theater ticket source. We have the tickets you need to any event worldwide. Football tickets are now available. Call SC Tickets now at 1-800-888-7287, 1-800-888-7287, that's 1-800-888-7287, or visit us on the web at sctickets.com. SC Tickets, concert, sports, and theater. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store.